she said, contains about 12,000 volumes. We have a whole group of those volumes that are rare, published before 1800, 1840. Uh, many are very fragile. We have, um, I, I just can't even begin to name to you all the special treasures that we have here, but we do have the original 1828 Noah Webster Dictionary, which we have republished for today. Um, the foundation in 1968 found that dictionary. It was out of print, had been for decades, and they reprinted it, and it's still available in facsimile form. It's available on our website. The reason that's important, Terry, is that our language has been degraded by progressives, and we have to restore our language, the definitions of the words that we use. We have to restore the vocabulary of liberty, and that dictionary is the backbone of our curriculum. This is Terry Beatley, your host of What If We've Been Wrong? I'm shining light into some dark places so that beauty, goodness, and truth defeat the schemes of the enemy. It's true, people are perishing for lack of knowledge, and we're instructed to have nothing to do with the evil deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what I do on What If We've Been Wrong? Rethink, explore, and uncover some hidden truths so that more people can experience an abundant life and the joy of being set free from the shackles that hold us in prison. Welcome to What If We've Been Wrong. One World Government Progressives, and today the word progressives, it's a synonym for communists, for Marxism. And if you don't know that, there are books out there that can explain the back history of that. But there are beautiful, beautiful alternatives to government-run school system. So as a former homeschool mom myself of eight years, who at first thought there's no way I could homeschool my children, and then I decided, you know what? I can do at least equally as well as what the school system was doing. And that included even the little private school I had my kids at. And uh, so my perspective is to just share alternatives. Well, I have a very important guest today, but before I introduce her, I'd like to at least highlight a couple of the communist goals uh, which were recorded in the congressional record. I think this dates back to 1963. Yeah, January 10th, 1963. This was recorded in the congressional record, the 45 goals of the Communist Party in order to destroy America. It had to accomplish about 45 things. And, and a couple of those things are, number one, get control of the schools and use them as a transmission belt for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften, water down the curriculum, get control of teachers associations and put the party line in textbooks. They have done that beyond what anybody can, can imagine or measure. One of, the, one of the other things they wanted to do was discredit the American Founding Fathers present them as selfish aristocrats who had no concern for the common man. Nothing could be further from the truth. All you got to do is just do a mild little study on Benjamin Franklin and you'll better understand how he absolutely cared for the common man. Um, another thing they wanted to do is, let's see, belittle all forms of American culture and discourage the teaching of American history on the ground that it was only a minor part of the big picture and give more emphasis to Russian history since the communists took over. 
And then I could go on and on, there are 45 different points, but the other one though is to break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazine, motion pictures, radio, TV, and as far as I'm concerned, and probably any other American parent, it, they're also pushing this now in the quote, health education or sex education indoctrination in the government run schools. Dr. Carol Adams, she's a native Virginian. She serves as the president of the Foundation of American Christian Education, a national ministry whose mission is to publish and teach America's Christian history and method of education by biblical principles to restore Christian character and self-government. Dr. Adams, welcome to What If We've Been Wrong. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Terry. I'm thrilled to be here. I didn't know before that this was available to people what a great resource you are so thank you for inviting me well yeah i'm glad to have you on we're going to jump right into this so we everybody for the most part knows we are facing a giant right this giant that controls our our government-run school system this is not public education it's government-run it's been commandeered by the progressives by the communists, by the Marxists, whatever my dad used to say, put them all in a brown bag, shake them up, roll them out, and you get at the end of the day about the same thing. So we need an alternative. So I'd like to go back in time, uh, Dr. Adams, to first discover what was your experience and why did you start the, you know, an alternative? I began as a public school teacher, Terry, uh, out of college, not because I wanted to teach. I had no vision for that but because I needed a job. And so before my children were born, I taught French and English in high schools in Virginia and in Massachusetts. But once I had children, my husband and I, uh, we realized that one of the most important responsibilities that we have as parents, and of course, biblically, is to educate our children. And having experienced public school as a child growing up, public university, and then teaching in the public uh, system, I knew that I did not want my children there. So we began to pray and think, and we put our children in a small Christian school, and I got involved there as a parent, doing a little bit of teaching. We did a lot of work to help this little school grow. And before too long, I began to realize that the little Christian school was great. It was protective. It was nurturing. Uh, we did Bible and chapel, but I still did not see a distinction in the method of teaching in the classroom and, quite frankly, the curriculum and the outcomes uh, between this little Christian experience and teaching in public school. And I just felt that education was more than that. Mm -hmm. I just sensed it. I knew it. I love to learn. I've always loved to learn, but I did not have a satisfying school experience. So... We were introduced to the Foundation for American Christian Education, and I began to learn about the um, American Christian education, what it was in the beginning years, how education formed a Christian culture in colonial America, how education itself of that era was rooted in a Christian th theology that was preached from the pulpits, that was taught in the home, and that was the basis of all schooling, even in the universities. And once I began to see that the methodology of that period was so distinctive, I knew that's what I wanted for my own children because I wanted them to be thoroughly convicted Christians. Right. I wanted them to wrestle with things and understand what they believed and own it. 
And so we began to investigate the principal approach. We decided to homeschool. So we began to prepare to homeschool. I had a kindergartner and a third grader at the time. Mm-hmm. I had taught high school, so I thought, I can do this. So I began to prepare uh, using the face materials from the foundation, um, preparing myself to understand the difference in the methodology. But as I began to prepare, my best friend said, you know, I would like to join you and we can do all four of our children. I can do part, you can do part. It'll uh, help the workload. So I said, fine. Then my sister said, if you're doing that, you must have your niece and nephew. My husband's colleague came and said, yes, we want our children. So before September, this was June, before September, we had written a curriculum and we had 31 children in my basement. That's amazing. Four of us teaching. Wow. We said, this is a one-year experiment. That's what we said to parents. We don't understand the principal approach yet. Mm-hmm. We're the product, product of public education. Right. But we're going to use this year to study, learn, and to practice with the children and see what the outcome is. Mm-hmm. At the end of that first year, the outcome was so spectacular. We were having such a great time. The children were so showing tremendous advancement. So we said, this must be a school. Mm-hmm. So we moved into a building and we started um, the school, Stonebridge School in Chesapeake, Virginia. Uh, I served there as headmaster for 21 years. The school is fully accredited, 400 students now. Mm-hmm. And it has um, the distinction of having received for the past four years the highest scores on the peers test of biblical worldview. And that's one of the things I wanted to pivot over to, to better understand about the peers testing. But before we go there, what year did you start in your basement? We started in 1980. In 1980, and uh, I, I headed the school until 2001. And then I came to the Foundation for American Christian Education. Okay, so that's pushing 30 years, no, 40, 40 years ago, 40 years ago. So the, the, yes, reason, the reason I ask that is, is the government-run education has continued to go left, left, left. I mean, that's 40 years ago, you know, you set out to do this. So, you know, when I found out the other day, you know, about, you know, what happened up in, I think it was Minnesota, you know, about this whole transgender thing. And the boy went to school and came home after the school delivered him to the hospital to have his genitals removed. And they returned home that boy without genitals, without the parents' permission or consent. So this is what I'm saying. Americans, if you're listening right now, the, what Dr. Adams is it has done and is proposing across all of America, these Stonebridge-like schools that are using the FACE, Foundation for American Christian Education, um, that whole that that approach to education, this is what needs to happen. So I just wanted to get that out there that that we're talking about for you know pushing forty years ago, you made a major shift, and that's. You know, that's before it went, totally went down the tubes. Okay, so peers testing. So let's just say, you know, these young school teachers and they're claiming they're Christians or whatever, and they're teaching, you know, children in government schools, but they go to church every Sunday and all this. What is the peers testing and what has that revealed? Peers testing was devised by the Nehemiah Institute, Dan Smithwick, who's uh, headquartered in Orlando, Florida. In 1988, he collected a group of Christian scholars. They devised a test of biblical worldview 
that asks 100 questions in five different areas, politics, education, economics, religion, and social issues. So the test itself covers the whole scenario of life. It covers all areas of life. Dan understood that Education Today determines tomorrow's philosophy and scope of government and the culture and the influence of the church and the strength of the family and the health of the economy. He understood that, but he wanted this test to be used in churches and in Christian schools to measure the outcome because obviously the uh, level of Christian education at that time, the level of teaching in the church had kind of shut off these other areas of life. Mm -hmm. It was all religious oriented. Mm -hmm. And so he began mm -hmm. giving the test across the country and he noticed after five or six years that a certain group of schools were scoring better than anyone on the test and that the Christian schools and the Christians in public schools were declining, the scores were declining over the years. He predicted, predicted at that time that by 2016, I believe, the Pierce test scores would be declined. If they continued with that decline, mm -hmm. would enter into the socialistic worldview. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's where we are today. Yep. So when he began mm -hmm. to, to search out who these schools were that con consistently scored well, he discovered the principal approach. And we've been sort of working together ever since. Um, all of our schools take the, the Pierce test annually. Mm -hmm. He uses it to try and convince pastors and uh, parents and teachers and administrators that a biblical worldview is, is much more than just religion. Of course, being steeped in the scripture, having a relationship with the Lord, the preaching the, of the gospel, the purpose of the church, all of that is key. But when we don't apply our knowledge of God and the wisdom that we get from God to all the areas of life, to politics, to economics, etc., cetera, right. then we're really huddled in a corner, not impacting the culture, mm -hmm. which is what we see around mm -hmm. us today. And so his purpose is to wake up Christians to the understanding that they are responsible for the culture. The okay. church is responsible for the condition Absolutely. of the culture. Absolutely. So if there's a pastor listening right now, and Monday through Saturday, for the most part, his school building sits vacant. Vacant. You know, just church on Sunday. Shame Maybe. on him. I, that's what I think, too. But I mean, I don't want to shame the pastors listening right now. I just want to... Um, uh, pr prick his ears so that he understands there's an opportunity here. Can you imagine, uh, Dr. Adams, if if every church, Christian church building across America was a K through 12, you know, foundation for American Christian education or a Stonebridge, you know, kind of school, what the what our nation would how it would look so different in just 12 years, you know? Uh, you know, I think the the outcome would would it would reap great fruit in a relatively short period of time. So if if a if a pastor wanted to get in touch with you to discuss what you're what you're offering here, um, what what would he need to do? He would need to call the Foundation for American Christian Education. First, go on our website. It's face f as in Frank f a c e dot net. 
look at our website. We have every kind of resource there for par uh, pastors, parents, for schools, for families. Mm -hmm. And we have many, many resources. We, have, we promote study groups, which is a wonderful way in a church to get people uh, enlightened about the situation in the nation and what the church needs to do about it. Form study groups. Uh, put this material into Sunday school classes, into youth groups. Begin to focus on biblical worldview. Mm -hmm. And then we can help you start a school. A school is just a teacher and a child. The curriculum is out there. It's available everywhere. We publish the Noah Plan curriculum that is principal approach. Mm -hmm. But it needs a place, it needs a teacher, and it needs a child. It can be in the home. Or it can be in the church, and it is not a complicated thing. We actually publish a book, How to Start a Principal Approach School and Restore the Republic. And it's available on our website. There and, you of course, we're, we mentor mm -hmm. every day. We mentor people every day who call us for help and for guidance. We're here, and we're happy to support. So we, we, yes. we will be right back with Dr. Carol Adams. Hold tight. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. The 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. All right, you're back with Terry Beatley and Dr. Carol Goodman Adams. We are talking about Foundation for American Christian Education and the NOAA plan, how this is going to get rolled out all across America. This is the solution to restoring our republic. When you know, because we know that the socialists, the Marxists, the communists, whatever you want to call them, they knew that if they could get the minds of the children, they could take down the United States of America. And now we're in decades and decades of this government run school system and the filth that they are teaching our children and what they're not teaching our children. There's only one solution as far as I'm concerned. It's to get them out of the government-run school system and homeschool or to set up the type of school that Dr. Adams did, which is Stonebridge School. So we were just talking about the NOAA plan and, and really your five-year plan. So let's start digging into that, Dr. Adams. What, you know, in five years, where what would you like to see? And I don't know if you want to talk about across the United States or just in the state of Virginia or just what. I don't even know how many schools you have set up so far with the NOAA plan and mm -hmm. FACE, but let's, let's kind of pick that apart. Where, where do you want to take this? Uh, well, we our plan, as you said, is in three parts. We're replicating the successful models of the principal, principal approach in schools and in home schools. Mm -hmm. There are many types of Christian schools. There are what we call hybrid schools that have two school days and then the children study at home the other three days. And when we count all of those, the, the Christian schools, the hybrid schools, the home schools, there are thousands of them across the country. We have six uh, demonstration schools. These are schools that we know well. We've trained. They use all our materials. We know their success with the principal approach. Mm -hmm. We call them demonstration because mm -hmm. we send people there to visit. 
and they are in six six different states across the country. Okay. Uh, what we're working on is this five-year plan. It, within five years, we want to be able to identify for anyone who calls and asks a face teaching center in a locality near population centers around the country. Hopefully, it eventually it will be within a day's drive of anybody. Mm -hmm. A, a face mm -hmm. teaching center that is focused on those three components of the community. We want to influence communities. Mm -hmm. We want a presence there teaching the truth about education, teaching parents, teaching teachers and qualifying teachers to use this method, uh, in the church, in, enlightening the nation, um, in the church and in the community, offering seminars, offering conferences, mm -hmm. offering resources, offering Sunday school programs, youth group programs, because the need for teaching biblical worldview and the truth about education, influencing a community with, with that wisdom and understanding, it's the key to restoring the republic. It's the key to rebuilding the culture, because it has to happen community by community. That is so true. And so our plan, mm -hmm. our plan mm -hmm. is to reach the family, the school, and the nation. Okay. The family, according to um, the research that we have, we haven't even talked about the Hall Slater Library, but here uh, in our Face Center in Chesapeake, we publish the Christian History of the Constitution, Christian Self-Government, which is a primer for American citizenship, actually. It's really the, um, it's our history. Mm -hmm. It's our history and our purpose as a nation. And then Teaching and Learning America's Christian History, the principal approach is the method that I talked about that's so different from what's happening in our public schools. It's the method of uh, consecrating and preparing our children to serve God and to live their lives according to his purposes and to the fullest of their expression of their value. Mm -hmm. And that's what our principal method is all about. Mm -hmm. So what we intend to do is enable the family to play its role in the community, which is to form the character of the child, to form the Christian character of the children in the family. We want to enable the church to play its role in the community, which is to form the conscience of the community. It's actually to um, instruct the conscience. So with that base of uh, Christian character and Christian conscience, the role of the school is to build into the child the wisdom and knowledge based on that strong character and that good conscience to serve God's purposes. Mm -hmm. And so we want to enable the school, the family, and the church to do those things. The family, we want to educate and equip the homeschooling families. We want to support and equip those co-ops, those homeschool co-ops that are in many, many communities. Mm -hmm. We want to launch study groups and seminars for parents and patriots through our FACE Center in that locality. Mm -hmm. And then for the school, to enhance the visibility of those K-12 through local Christian schools in the community. We want to equip uh, teachers uh, train them and administrators and parents in the principal approach and principal approach a method of teaching and learning. Mm -hmm. And we're also working with several colleges across the country in developing uh, graduate level and undergraduate level principal approach education degree. 
Well, the third part is the church. We want to influence the pastors towards biblical worldview education. We want to equip Sunday school teachers. And we want to enable churches to establish those K-12 through schools in the community. I believe every community, every church actually, should embody Christian education in every way. But there should be a K-12 through school in every church. Right. I think so, too. I mean, we've abdicated our role, you know, whether it be parents or the churches, and we've turned it over to the government, to the godless government. So, um, so, so what do we expect? Exactly, yeah. We're, we're reaping the, the fruit of what we've planted, and then they were rotten seeds. So how many teachers and parents would you say you've trained now? Oh, oh, because you offer, and that's what you're offering this summer, which I'm excited because I'm going to be signing up for that. Um, it's a one-week course. But the course, though, lasts for the year, mm-hmm. but it's one week in person, or you can um, Skype, I guess, or you know, whatever, you know, Zoom in. Uh, but explain what mm-hmm. you're teaching and what the commitment is. I mean, I'm no longer a teacher, but I, once I wrap, I'm wrapping my hands around this, I'm realizing... Maybe that's, you know, later on in my life, maybe in my own community, we could start a school or, you know, or maybe convince a church to start this type of a school right in this community that I'm in. So it, how many teachers do you, would you guess that you've trained teachers and or parents and explain a little bit about this three-year course to get certified? Mm-hmm. We have trained thousands of teachers because we are a 55-year-old ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, began in 1960. And we began actually a formal program of teacher training in the uh, late 80s. And now that has developed into a number of, um, of uh, training venues that are in many of our demonstration schools around the country and localities. But here at FACE, at our headquarters, in the summer, we broadcast for one week we uh, live stream mm-hmm. the one week of training it's every day begins on Sunday night through Friday afternoon, and this is the fa- the this summer it's the foundations course the beginning course. Mm-hmm. It can be taken uh, just for your own personal training. If you're a homeschool mom, you don't care about certification. You can take the course. It prepares you then to begin teaching with the principal approach methodology mm-hmm. and with the NOAA plan curriculum. Mm-hmm. It's very personal, one-on-one. We do a lot of mentoring that week as well. This, and then if you want to be certified as a master teacher, master principal approach teacher, mm-hmm. you can do the practicum that's attached to the foundations course. And you do this on your own time, Terry. Mm-hmm. And you have a year to complete it. And the workload is similar to one graduate course. There is a lot of reading and writing. You actually build a notebook that you would teach from in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And so the, the first level foundations is a summer and or a graduate level course that you do on your own time that you have a year to complete. Mm-hmm. Okay. The second summer, if you are going for a certification, the second summer we call applications. And this is another one-week course here in Chesapeake that we do live stream. And that's focused on subject areas. So this is more personalized. Students take the opportunity if they are focused on one course, like junior high, high school courses, they could spend the week working on that. 
if they're elementary teachers, they really spend the week understanding the methodology of every subject from the principal approach. So it's an application of the foundations in the subject areas. Mm -hmm. Teachers come out with method, skills of methods and teaching techniques and strategies and also a documentation of their level of teaching, whatever it may be, lesson plans, overviews, and so forth. Mm -hmm. So it's very practical the second year. Mm -hmm. There's a practicum that goes at also. And so during that second uh, year, you would be working independently on the practicum and have a year to complete it. Mm -hmm. The third year, we invite the uh, candidates for certification to come back with their work and that's a year that we call, um, it's, it's really just displaying what you've accomplished. And we want to give the teachers an opportunity to do a model lesson of, with the mentoring and critique to show their work, mm -hmm. to have all their questions answered, and um, just use it to really fully equip them that last summer that they're here. Uh, this is exciting. This, I hope there are people listening to this interview right now who are inspired to go to your website. In fact, give the website one more time. It's FACE, F-A-C-E, Foundation for American Christian Education, F-A-C-E dot net. Mm -hmm. All right, so I encourage everybody to go to that website. And then you can also check out Stonebridge School, which I understand you're still on the board of directors there. Is that correct? Yes, I am, and it is our prime demonstration school. So one of the things that we do in the summer is take our uh, candidate teachers over there and tour, and mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of hands-on experience of seeing how it actually works. All right, now let's talk about what's attached to that Stonebridge School, these 12,000-volume uh, library of primary and rare sources it, it, I have not been there. Mm -hmm. our, our mutual friend, Trisha, has been encouraging me to go there now for three years, but I'd never slowed down to really listen to what she was telling me. And I deeply regret that I was not there five years ago. So so there's a library. Uh, it has 12,000 volumes of original writing, primary and rare sources. What is this all about, Dr. Adams? The library is actually in our FACE uh, headquarters center here. The Foundation for American Christian Education began in San Francisco in 1964. The founders were Verna Hall and Rosalie Slater. Uh, Verna Hall was a um, kind of a historian as an avocation. Uh, she loved America. She loved America's Christian history. She came through the Depression. She was concerned about the change in character in our nation. She saw a shift towards socialism. So she began to research and try to find out where did our liberty come from? Mm -hmm. She compiled original mm -hmm. sources, and as she compiled the source material that began to answer her question, she shared it with her friends. Pretty soon that group grew to a large assembly hall in downtown San Francisco, and she would present her research to 100, 200 people. Mm -hmm. They encouraged her to publish the material and so she did she published the first volume in 1960 the christian history of the constitution christian self-government rosalie slater came along attended the study group but when she listened to the research she heard a method of education she was a teacher mm -hmm. she was actually a supervisor of science in the california school system so she began to compile her understanding 
in a book that she named Teaching and Learning America's Christian History, The Principal Approach. Wow. And that's the book that came to my hands in um, 1977 okay. when my pastor said, go visit them and find out what they do for Christian schools. And that's when I had my burning bush experience. Wow. But back to the library, Verna Hall and Rosalie Slater understood that what they were doing was revolutionary. It was going against the stream of everything that you described at the beginning of the show, which, of course, 40 years later has progressed to a terrible point. So they were very careful to obtain a copy of every book they resourced Mm -hmm. in their study of America's Christian history and method of education by biblical principles. This library is that collection. Every book in the library is related in some way to the Christian history of the Constitution of the United States of America. The thinking that went into it, the thinking and the writing that formed the understanding of our founders that enabled them to give us a form of government that protects individual liberty, that gives us um, the freedom that we have, and the separation of powers, the... um, contained power of government in our federal branch. They were so wise, weren't they, to come up with that structure of a constitution. It had never existed in the world at the time. But where did they get it from? Well, it came from those thinkers that were impacted by the Reformation. And those thinkers were John Locke, Algernon Sidney, Montesquieu, Blackstone. They all pushed and wrote in the 18th century, and our founders all studied and read their works. The one book that was most frequently quoted by our founders is the Bible, Mm -hmm. and the Bible is Mm -hmm. a textbook of government. God is our governor, and he governs the universe. And so they picked up those principles, and of course, by studying those um, Christian philosophers influenced by the Reformation, they were able to reason biblically about the nature of our government. Our library today, as you said, contains about 12,000 volumes. We have a whole group of those volumes that are rare, published before 1800, 1840. Uh, Many are very fragile. We have, um, I, I just can't even begin to name to you all the special treasures that we have here, but we do have the original 1828 Noah Webster Dictionary, which we have re published for today. Um, The foundation in 1968 found that dictionary was out of print, had been for decades, Mm -hmm. and they reprinted it, and it's still available in facsimile form. It's available on our website. The reason that's important, Terry, is that our language has been degraded by progressives, Mm -hmm. and we have to restore our language, the definitions of the words that we use. We have to restore the vocabulary of liberty. And that dictionary is the backbone of our curriculum. And we're going to dig into that dictionary in just a little, right when we come back from this break. Stay with us. We'll be back with Dr. Carol Adams. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older. Until now. 
Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Let the silent voices be heard. It's the rallying call that started it all. AmericaOutloud.com For a wide spectrum of programming from world and political news, societal and cultural stories, law enforcement, our military heroes, and much more. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Terry Beatley and Dr. Carol Adams. Now, when we took that break, you were talking about the uh, the Webster Dictionary, and why? Why is that? Because let's face it, most Americans have never even seen it. I think the only reason I was aware of it because during the eight years of homeschooling, I was exposed to it at a homeschool convention. I absolutely loved it. It was my go-to resource. But what makes it so special? Oh my goodness, it's one of a kind. Every dictionary that you buy at the bookstore today is very progressive in the way words are defined because our culture is. And the dictionary, the modern dictionary, reflects the culture. Mm-hmm. But most people don't understand that. Um, what Noah Webster wrote this dictionary, published the first first edition in 19... I'm sorry, um... 1828 and in he took 20 years to compile the dictionary his purpose was to give Americans an American dictionary so it's called the American dictionary of the English language Mm -hmm. we were a new nation we had ideals the idea of America was new and fresh and exciting he wanted to memorialize that in the language of liberty in a dictionary and so it took him 20 years he studied 28 languages The dictionary itself um, is an etymological dictionary. It gives the original language source of every single word. Mm -hmm. But the important thing about it is that Mm -hmm. every word is defined according to its biblical usage. He quotes Bible in many, many definitions in that dictionary, how it's used in the scripture, which is the first thing we should understand as Christians. Mm -hmm. And then he also Mm -hmm. uh, gives its references in classical literature, but he also uh, gives us the definition as a reflection of the culture of that day, which was a Christian culture. Mm -hmm. We have changed Mm -hmm. so much, we don't know how much we have backslid over these centuries, but when when you read the dictionary, you find out. For instance, the word marriage. In a modern dictionary, the word marriage often is defined as a union union of two people. It may say more than that, but that's what it comes down to, union of two people. In the 1828 dictionary, you might guess, marriage is defined as the union of a man and woman before God for life. And it says more than that as well, but that's right. what it says in a nutshell. 
So every definition goes back to its biblical root, Mm -hmm. its biblical understanding. Mm -hmm. And that's why this is such an important tool. We have thousands of pastors who use the dictionary for their sermons every week. Because every word in that dictionary, you can take that word and you can search those definitions and cross-search with the definitions of definitions. And it gives you a biblical worldview about anything you want to consider. And so it's a treasure, Terry. It's a treasure. It's the way of restoring our language. Most Americans don't understand the deconstruction of the English language. So that it has. Did you just tell me though that you, you, that uh, uh, face foundations of American Christian education that you are responsible for getting that reprinted again? Is that what you said? Yes, we publish it. We you keep it in print. Okay, all right. I, I just wanted to drive that point home because I was like, I think that's yeah, what you said. We teach from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the teaching we do, we use the dictionary as a um, point of reference mm-hmm. for the language that we use. We have a number of videos on our website. We actually have a um, catalog of 70 workshops that we have done um, concerning current issues mm-hmm. or concerning uh, issues of teaching and learning. You can look it up by um, topic. Mm-hmm. And there's several about the dictionary, about the deconstruction of language, and about um, the importance of words. Right. Words well, have consequences. Well, you know, I think right now of the word fetus. You know, fetus is Latin for young child, living child, baby. And, you know, you take that word today in this postmodern society we live in, they think fetus means less than human. It's a perfect example of deconstructing our language, even though Latin is a language that never changes. And uh, so, okay, so let's talk about action items with the time we have left. You know, again, I'm hoping this is being listened to far and wide and, and you're sharing it with your pastors you're sharing it with your, you know, your parent, fellow, you know, community. And, and you know, I'm just encouraging Americans to do what, what Dr. Carol Adams did back in, the, in 1980. Bring your, just keep your children at home. Teach them from your basement. It, all the tools are out there. So let's start talking about more action items. Because let's face it, a lot of people think, women, I can't homeschool my kids. Or, oh, there's no school in this local market. What can we be doing, Doctor, on just the local, on the local level today, this week? What can we be doing? Well, first of all, we can take a stand. And as Christians, we must do that. As American Christians, we have to refuse to succumb to the waves of secularism in this present culture that appear to be wiping away the influence of Christ, the the very sanctity of life. Mm-hmm. Our prosperity and mm-hmm. opportunity that have for so long distinguished the American idea, the American system, and the very moral foundations of the nation, we must stand. We cannot allow ourselves to cave into that. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, too many of our folks have. So what I, we encourage everybody to do is, first of all, understand what has happened as a result of the secularization of our public schools, what it has done to us, how those schools oppose the Christian faith, 
how they are inculcating into our children the wrong values, what they are doing to destroy the life and potential of our precious children. Most Christians who have their children in public school do not understand that. They say, my school is different. Yeah, that's so But isn't. It isn't different. It isn't different. And before you go on to point It's glossy. Exactly. And sometimes like people out in the country, oh, well, it hasn't affected us yet. It's like, yes, it has. You, you just don't you just you just don't know to what degree it has. Before we go on to point number two, um, and I always get the words transposed. I call it the old Satan deluder act. I might have that backwards. Yeah. Explain to our mm-hmm. listening audience. What was that act from? What is it? The 1600s? I don't know the exact date, but yes, I think it was a little bit later than that, actually. This was a law, actually, that required the Bible to be taught in the schools. And, you know, deluder Satan, they understood deluder Satan was in there. And if the Bible isn't there, guess what? Who's taken over? And so it was actually law. When you look at American education in the early years, in the colonial era and the early founding era, it was absolutely Christian. Mm-hmm. The education began with the Bible. Children were taught to read from the Bible. And that is what we have to do today. We have to begin right. at birth with our little children. Mm-hmm. We have to, in our homes, we have to nurture that love of God. We have to saturate our homes with the Word of God. We have to teach them from birth that God is sovereign and that his natural law rules the universe. And that if we are in tune with him, that's how we can be fulfilled, prosperous, happy, although, you know, we will suffer, but we will reach the fullest expression of our individual value only one way. And that is knowing and loving God and serving God in our life. When our children understand that from the early years, we then cannot throw them into the public system that is going to reverse everything that we they need to know. And that's exactly what the public system does. It strips them of their faith. Right. It plants seeds of doubt, and not only doubt, but a combative spirit against anything that is of God. And that's why when our even our Christian schools graduate students that go on to college, they do not continue in the faith. Something like 70% of them, according to Barn, the last I heard. Mm -hmm. And so we cannot cannot accept the public school system as a choice. We have to hold our children within our family. We have to teach them at home. We have to join with others in our community who are teaching at home. We have to learn how to teach at home. We have to study. Study to show yourself approved, the scripture says. Christians must study. We are mandated to study the word of God. Do, do you mean they have to read we a must book? <laughs> do you, does that mean reading real books? We have, read, <laughs> we have to read real books. I mean, real books that you can hold in your hand, like that 1820 Western right. Dictionary. But also, we have to study education. Mm-hmm. We came out of the public school system. What do we know about how to educate anybody? We don't. We're the product of progressivism. We have to start over again. We have to study education. We have to learn what it is. It's very simple, Terry. 
It's not complicated. The public system is what's made it complicated. They made education an industry. Education is not an industry. It's a relationship, one-on-one, child to parent, child to teacher. That's what education is. What they do in school is so much a waste of time, but I won't get into that. So we have to provide a Christian education, a a biblical education. We call it a biblical classical education because that's what the original American education was. Mm -hmm. And that's what we publish here. We publish the NOAA plan, which is a biblical classical curriculum based on principal approach methodology. Starts with kindergarten through 12th grade. We publish 12 curriculum guides. Uh, or I'm sorry, six, seven curriculum guides on different subjects, history, geography, English language, literature, science, math. Um, what have I left out? Uh, Bible is reader. How to teach your child to read from the Bible. Isn't that novel? Mm-hmm. Uh, those curriculum guides cover kindergarten through 12th grade. So, you never so have somebody, to buy another book. Right. So if somebody's considering, okay, this year, or where are we at, March? So, so you know, next year, I'm pulling my kids out. They can literally just mm-hmm. go to, uh, I mean, look up the NOAA plan. And they can access that, access that through your website, Foundation for American Christian Education, and you've, it's one-stop mm-hmm. shopping, right? It, I mean, they could technically get it sure right is. there, right? Okay. I think that's it so sure important. Is. It's not complicated, people. American parents, yeah. keep your children close. Yeah. Please, just give it a try. Yeah. It's not yeah. near as hard. And that's the other thing, too, doctor. I think it's important that once they begin, you know, if you've got little kids at home, and once you begin kindergarten, you've just laid the foundation. And, and don't be so critical on yourself. And I think the other key thing is you don't compare yourself to the government-run yeah. school system. You, you're you're in exactly. a whole different realm. You're not going to stop educating at the end of May. You're going to be raising right. your children up to not know what to think, but to be teaching them, you know, how to think. Right? It's not just a matter of filling their head with lots of facts, but you're going to be teaching them how to be great thinkers. Right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yes, if you are interested in the principal approach, a way to begin is to get our little self guided seminar. It's called Renewing the Mind for Teaching and Learning. Mm. And it's for people who come Mm. out of progressive background, progressive education, public schools, who don't understand what true education is. This is a little primer. It's a nine lessons, I believe. Starts at the beginning, lays out the principal approach very simply. It has some reading assignments and some of the other sources. But you can do the little study on your own, or you could do it in a group. We have groups all around the country that are using it as a study group format. We have videos that go with it if you need that. We are able to give you all kinds of support. I just, when moms hear, I have to study, I have to learn something, they usually panic because most moms a lot of moms don't know how and they had such a miserable experience and then they hear the word history and then they think I don't even like history well let me tell you when you study Christian history you fall in love with it yeah it is wonderful providential history is the most wonderful thing and it's missing today it is the one thing we all need to really know but it's the one thing we need to also teach our children because it gives them the wisdom of the past to understand the present and to know how to operate in the future. 
So history is a backbone of this curriculum. And I, I you know, I probably should have put something up front that even for someone, um, let's see, someone who is not a Christian, okay, mm-hmm. they, let's just say they're an atheist, but they, they love America and they, they, they love mm-hmm. liberty. Well, I think what's important to understand, even for atheists, is that because our founding fathers recognized our rights come from God, they don't come from government. This is why we've, we have had the liberty that we've had in this country, because we've been able to protect it because we recognize that it comes from God and not, big go- not government, government officials telling you what you can and can't do and what your, right, well, what, what your rights are uh, or what they're not. And so I, I was just thinking, it's like, what would this be like if I was an atheist listening to this pitch on getting a solid Christian education? I, I really don't know. I don't have the answer for it. But what I do know, the common ground is that if you love America, you love liberty, well, you, you're loving it because our founding fathers recognize that our rights come from God and not government. And just with a few seconds we have left, Tell our listeners what else they'd like, what they should know about an action plan. If you have one more item there, oh, I have a whole string of items. Uh, let me just say that one thing this library, this Hall Center Library, proves is that without Christ, there would be no America. Mm-hmm. So even an atheist needs to understand that if there had been no Christ, there would be no America, and that's just the fact. That's mm-hmm. just the facts. Books. But for action items, even if you're not, uh, you don't have small children or your grandparents, we have lots of grandparents who are homeschooling their grandchildren. Uh, you can start a study group mm-hmm. with your friends. Okay. You can start a study group uh, with this Renewing the Mind. We have a list of about six other uh, court little workshop type courses that can be done in a study group. We have a guide for starting a community study group. Study group. We call it principled studies for adults mm-hmm. to we really are educating three generations, Terry. It's wow. our children. This is awesome. ourselves. Yeah. It's ourselves and it's our children's children because they're all going to be parents. Right. So this is a big, 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 important movement that we need every Christian, every church to get behind. All right. So if they want to sign up for the uh, foundation course this summer, what are the dates? What's the cost? Where, where do they go again real quick? My, uh, I don't have that in front of me. I think the dates, I think it's July 21st through the 20, whatever the 6th is. That's yeah. the end of that week. Right. Yeah, sign up on our website. Just go to our website and look under, um, I think it's learn, the tab that says learn. Mm-hmm. And it will take you to the Summer Foundations course. You can sign up there or call our office. The number is uh, 757-488-6601. I think there's an 800 number, but I don't know it. It's on the website. Okay. Call and talk to someone here. Dr. Max Lyons is our director of uh, teaching services, and he's responsible for the course this summer and for the workshops and everything else, the study groups. He would be glad to talk to anyone any day about starting a study group, starting homeschooling, starting a school, or getting involved in some of the training we do. We do a series called Lessons in Liberty, once a month a lecture. This year the series is on the seven principles of American government and education. This goes down, drills down to the principles that we need to know and teach in order to sustain the republic 
and in order to raise our children the right way with the right worldview. Dr. Adams, thank you for being on the show. This just gets better and better. I'm sitting here now thinking of all the other questions I'd like to ask you. In America, you've just heard a solution to the the government-run, progressive, socialist-run, godless education that's consuming our children. We've just heard a solution. So these schools should be popping up all over America uh, so I encourage you now to go to FACE, so it's Foundation for American Christian Education. It's Dr. Carol Adams. And just you know, immerse yourself on that website. Call them. Let's get active. Let's take back our republic through education. God bless you, Dr. Adams. Keep up the good work. 